Hi, ladies. Okay, do I, am I talking loud enough? Okay, my husband says he can never hear me, so. This is also my first time speaking. Um, I have a long story, so I'm probably gonna read most of it to get through it. Um, I'm gonna start with the Bible verse as well. Um, when I was first saved, this one really um, spoke to me. I'm losing it here. I want to make sure I don't quote it wrong. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. So I grew up in a loving family in Marietta, California. Um, my family didn't go to church very regularly. Um, but when I was five, a neighbor actually invited my brother and I to a VBS-type event, and uh, they taught us all about God and how God is good and how God loves you and um, how he could perform miracles if you would pray. Um, the next year, I was becoming increasingly thin and thirsty, and I was eventually diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. Um, luckily for me, or so I thought, all I had to do was pray, and God would fix that for me. But as much as I prayed, it wasn't working. I tried to be the best little girl I could be, and I kept praying, and it still didn't work. At six years old, I came to believe that I must not be good enough for God, and that he was for other people, but not for me. John 10.10 10 says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Like a lot of children that have bad things happen to them, I believe the devil's lie, that God hated me and that it was my fault. When people learned that I had diabetes, I saw pity and sadness in their eyes. It made me very uncomfortable. So I learned to always put a smile on my face and not talk about how I was feeling because it made other people sad. I even kept the feelings from my parents. They didn't know. Um, I just learned to accept it, and um, I kind of became an expert at hiding my feelings. Even a lot of people, you don't know my story, even though I've met a lot of you. Um, growing up, all I ever wanted to be was a mom. That was just my greatest desire. I saw that movie, Steel Magnolias, as a young teen, and that terrified me. It also made me long to be a mom more, and I was adamant that my story would not end up like hers, although I had such intense fear that it would. I uh, met a boy senior year in high school, and I was anxious to get going on that family. <sighs> We married in 1999, and despite the challenges and risks of having diabetes, I worked really hard to get pregnant and keep in good health. I gave birth to a perfectly healthy, beautiful baby boy named Nathan in 2002. I had everything I needed to have the picture-perfect life I so desperately wanted, and for the first time, I felt like I was worthy. 
I finally had what normal people had. Ten weeks later, while driving to my parents' house on a beautiful Saturday afternoon, our car was struck head-on by a driver under the influence. That driver and their front passenger died on the scene. My husband broke practically everything from his waist down, and he had to be cut out of the car. I had minor injuries compared to everyone else, with only a fractured ankle and a broken collarbone. My beautiful, perfect Nathan suffered a severe traumatic brain injury, as well as a fractured femur. He was life-flighted and had emergency brain surgery and was not expected to live. I just kept thinking, how could this happen? I did everything right. I was already a really overprotective mom. I made sure the car seat was perfectly in place. I, you know, made sure the chest strap was like right where the armpits, you know, I'd read every single manual. And it was weird because I spent my whole life in fear of not even being able to have a child or, you know, that I would die early from having diabetes. But no amount of worry could have prepared me for this. The devil really ran with his lies on this one. My immediate conclusion was that God realized he had made a mistake and that I wasn't meant to have a child. That God had remembered who I was and that I didn't deserve to have what other people had. I spent five days away from Nathan in a different hospital, recovering from my own injuries. When I was finally released and got to see Nathan, I didn't recognize my baby. I sang to him, and I hung on to the hope that God would save him. After all, Nathan was innocent. God could punish me, but not Nathan. God had to save him. Then I got the MRI results. The amount of brain damage was devastating. Organ donation was discussed, and I was asked to turn off the machines. Since his father was now in a coma from his injuries, I asked to wait to discuss this impossible decision with him. I was only 26. During that wait, Nathan miraculously started breathing on his own, and God spared me from having to make that decision. That is when I really started to feel God's presence in the midst of all this chaos. I kept seeing signs everywhere, and I could feel God saying to me, I am right here. Every sign he showed me felt like a personal hug from God, something I so desperately needed to feel, but I was still confused and cautious of what I was feeling. I had so many people praying for me. I had even strangers would come up to me in my wheelchair and ask to pray over me. And I was so thankful for everyone else's prayers since I believed he answered other people's prayers. And Nathan's prognosis remained very grim. They said he would be in a vegetative state, never walk or talk, never know himself or us. It was suggested to put him in an institution or that he would, quote, ruin my life. That was never an option in my mind. 
I pretty much became a robot uh, for the next four years, um, taking care of Nathan and um, my injured husband. But I was still like I had this perfect picture of what my life had to look like in order for me to be happy. Um, my husband had recovered and was able to go to work after a year. We even had another son in 2005. Things weren't perfect. And a year later, my marriage fell apart. Uh, we went into counseling and recovery groups, and I heard about relying on a higher power. And that was really scary to me. To How could I rely on this higher power? That was also the same year that my friend's son passed away unexpectedly at four years old. He had special needs very similar to Nathan. And all of a sudden, I now was facing a paralyzing fear that I could still lose Nathan at any moment. My recovery sponsor started inviting me to church. Uh, By 2010, it became clear I couldn't save my marriage, and we divorced. I was now a single mom of an eight-year-old and a five-year-old, one of whom had severe special needs. I actually have CVS calling me right now, speaking of special needs. (laughs) I just kept thinking, how am I still standing? Um, That's when I started going to church and learning about what the Bible really said, and I finally declared Jesus as my Savior in 2012, 10 years after the accident. Looking back at my story now, it feels as though I was a toddler trying to make my way through a rough terrain. I kept falling down and scraping my knees, and somehow I kept getting back, and I just kept running and falling. I thought it was my own will and strength that was keeping me going. I didn't realize that behind me the whole time was God. He was the one that kept picking me up and holding me under my arms so I didn't fall further than I could bear. Once I finally realized he was there, The whole time, I was able to turn around and run right into his arms, and he has held me in his arms ever since. For the first time, I didn't feel alone. The only one holding me back was me, and I needed to surrender. There's so much more, and I'm running out of time. Um, I would like to say that as soon as I accepted Jesus, everything was cured, you know and that uh, Nathan was great. Um, He's 16 now. He is uh, mentally about a year old. He's still, um, his his care is equivalent to a newborn. Um, If you've seen pictures, you probably are getting a good idea there. Contrary to the doctor's prognosis, Nathan has an amazing personality. He definitely knows who he is and who we are. He has specific likes and dislikes. Um, Nathan smiles and laughs more than anyone I have ever met. Nathan has been my biggest teacher, and through being his mom, I have learned more about God than I could ever have without him being exactly the way he is. One night... A couple years ago, I was having a particularly hard time after a night of trying to find birthday gifts for Nathan. I turned to my Bible for answers and reassurance. The daily verse happened to be in 1 Corinthians 13. As I read the chapter, my thoughts and grief of all the things that Nathan isn't and all the things that he isn't able to experience quickly changed to remembering all the things that Nathan is. And for the first time I read that chapter, 
1 Corinthians 13, 4 in a new way. Something in me told me to replace the word love with Nathan. And I read it as, Nathan is patient, Nathan is kind, Nathan does not envy, Nathan does not boast, Nathan is not proud, Nathan does not dishonor others, he is not self-seeking, he's not easily angered, keeps no records of wrong, he does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. He always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. God showed me that Nathan is the ultimate example of love in the way that he lives and the way others love him. Nathan has a piece about his life that I will never fully understand other than to know that he knows he is loved and that is all he needs. Just like he is, I need to be content with knowing that I am loved by our Creator and know that that is all I need to have a happy and fulfilling life. My story didn't end there. Hopefully you're seeing pictures that show that I I have a very, very happy life despite a difficult life. I'm living proof that with God you can not only survive your worst nightmare, but you can thrive. God has certainly changed me. Almost immediately after being saved, the Lord has continued to put me in situations to give hope to others in pain. I took peer counseling and prayer classes at my previous church. Over the years, I have been to seven of my friends' children's funerals. People ask me how I have the strength to go. I just know how alone I felt in my pain for so long. My heart's desire is for no one to ever feel alone and for them to know that God is always with them no matter what they are facing. God gives me the ability to be at peace when others are in pain so I can be strong when they can't. I always break down later, but when I'm with them, I'm strong. Since coming to Calvary in 2014, God has continued to open doors. I took the Sharing Hope in Crisis class. I went on a missions trip to Louisiana, and I was able to sit with the widow while she was going through baby clothes. Her husband was in the police shootings, and they had just gone through flooding. After that, it was suggested that I take crisis management classes, and soon after, I was approved to be a Billy Graham rapid response chaplain. Only a few months ago, a woman's five-month-old baby suffered a severe brain injury and was given the same devastated prognosis as Nathan. I was able to tell her with complete confidence that it will be okay and that God will be with her every step of the way. I'm also part of our CARES ministry and have served at several of the funerals here. And even just this past week, I had the honor of praying and meeting with a grieving mom whose daughter passed away unexpectedly in June. There is no way I could be in these situations without God's strength and his words. Every time I sit with another person in their pain, God heals another layer of mine. God did indeed 
answer my desperate prayer for healing 36 years ago. He has healed me in more ways than he ever could had he merely cured my diabetes. And I know one day Nathan will be completely healed in heaven. I'll leave you with this last verse. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 5. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. Whatever you're facing, I tell you so confidently that it will be okay. And God will be with you no matter what you are facing. Thank you.